0: Hey everybody, welcome to our 90 day challenge. It's day 11 and the topic for today is worshipers win. Joshua nine, one through 23. Now, when all the Kings west of the Jordan heard about these things, the Kings in the hill country, In the western foothills and along the entire coast of the Mediterranean Sea, as far as the Lebanon, the king of the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, they came together to wage war against Joshua and Israel. However, when the people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they resorted to a ruse. They went as a delegation, whose donkeys were loaded with worn-out sacks and old wineskins, cracked and mended. They put worn and patched sandals on their feet and wore old clothes. All the bread of their food supply was dry and moldy. Then they went to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal and said to him and the Israelites, We have come from a distant country. Make a treaty with us. The Israelites said to the Hivites, But perhaps you live near us, so how can we make a treaty with you? We are your servants, they said to Joshua. But Joshua asked, Who are you, and where do you come from? They answered, Your servants have come from a very distant country because of the fame of the Lord your God, for we have heard reports of him, all that he did in Egypt and all that he did to the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, Sihon king of Heshbon, And Og, king of Bashan, who reigned in Ashtaroth. And our elders and all those living in our country said to us, take provisions for your journey. Go and meet them and say to them, we are your servants, make a treaty with us. This bread of ours was warm when we packed it at home on the day we left to come to you. But now see how dry and moldy it is. And these wineskins that were filled with new, but see how cracked they are, and our clothes and sandals. are." worn out by the very long journey. The Israelites sampled their provisions, but did not inquire of the Lord. Then Joshua made a treaty of peace with them to let them live, and the leaders of the assembly ratified it by oath. Three days after they made the treaty with the Gibeonites, the Israelites heard that they were neighbors living near them. So the Israelites set out, and on the third day came to their cities, Gibeon, Kephirah, Beeroth, and kiriath Jerem. But the Israelites did not attack them, because the leaders of the assembly had sworn an oath to them by the Lord, the God of Israel. The whole assembly grumbled against the leaders, but all the leaders answered, We have given them our oath by the Lord, the God of Israel, and we cannot touch them now. This is what we will do to them. We will let them live so that God's wrath will not fall on us for breaking the oath we swore to them. They continued, let them live, but let them be woodcutters and water carriers in the service of the whole assembly. So the leader's promise to them was kept. Then Joshua summoned the Gibeonites and said, why did you deceive us by saying we live a long way from you while actually you live near us? You are now under a curse. You will never be released from service as woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. Chapter 10 Now Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, heard that Joshua had taken Ai and totally destroyed it, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and that the people of Gibeon had made a treaty of peace with Israel and had become their allies. He and his people were very much alarmed at this, but because Gideon was an important city like one of the royal cities, it was larger than Ai and all its men were good fighters. So Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, appealed to Hoham, king of Hebron, Piram, king of Jarmuth, Japhia, king of Lachish, and Debir, king of Eglon. Come up and help me attack Gibeon, he said, because it has made peace with Joshua and the Israelites. Then the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, Hebron, Jarmuth, Lachish, and Eglon, joined forces. They moved up with all their troops and took up positions against Gibeon and attacked it. The Gibeonites then sent word to Joshua in the camp at Gilgal, Do not abandon your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us. Help us, because all the Amorite kings from the hill country have joined forces against us. So Joshua marched up from Gilgal with his entire army, including all the best fighting men. The Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid of them. I have given them into your hand. Not one of them will be able to withstand you. After an all-night march from Gilgal, Joshua took them by surprise. The Lord threw them into confusion before Israel. So Joshua and the Israelites defeated them completely at Gibeon. Israel pursued them along the road going up the Beth Horon and cut them down all the way to Azekah and Makeda. As they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. On the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel son stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ahelan. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies as it is written in the book of Jasher. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. Then Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. That completes our reading for today. My worship thought again is titled, Worshippers Win. Now, if you get some time today, I would love for you to read all of Joshua 8 through 10 in its entirety. When you do, you'll discover that there is a deceptive little group called the Gibeonites in Joshua 9. Now I wasn't raised in the church that read a lot of stories from the Old Testament so sometimes I have to read them over and over and over again to really understand what's happening. So permit me to break it down into bite-sized chewables. Joshua and the Israelites are like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. They have just defeated their opponents at Jericho and Ai. So their fame spread in the land and nobody really wanted to mess with Joshua and his army. The Gibeonites are a local camp, but they trick Joshua in chapter 9 into believing that they are ambassadors from a distant, powerful land. Joshua engages them, but doesn't consult God. I learned from Joshua the importance of vetting new voices. Whenever someone new pops up in your life, Joshua asks two important questions that all of us need to ask. Who are you and where do you come from? By this point, Joshua was rather prominent in the land, so he was keenly aware of something that we sometimes forget. Not everybody has the right motive toward you. Some people want to be close to you, not because of who you are, but because of what you have. Joshua had the favor of God. Whenever God told Joshua to fight, the Israelites always won, but check this out. Joshua asked the right questions, but asked the wrong people. He consulted with his peers, but did not inquire of the Lord. And like Isaac in the book of Genesis, who gave his blessing to the wrong son, after asking all the right questions, but not trusting his gut, Joshua also made a bad decision. He made a treaty of peace with deceit. He allied with pretenders. He connected with counterfeit colleagues. Listen, be careful not to sign the dotted line with people who have come into your life to take advantage of you. But that's just the beginning. It gets even juicier if you keep reading. Because Joshua is a man of his word, and because he lived in a time where people made a vow to the Lord and kept it, Joshua finds himself in a bind in chapter 10. The Gibeonites are attacked, not by one, not by two, but by five kings. And of course, because Gibeon is in distress, they turn to Joshua's people to rescue them. This is the famous chapter in Joshua, where he says to the Lord in the presence of Israel's son, stand still. And God vindicates on Israel's behalf because of Joshua's command and commitment. Imagine having a superpower like that. But this is what blew me away as I read this chapter with new eyes today. This fight wasn't even Joshua's fight. This fight wasn't a fight that God's people needed to fight. This was Gibeon's fight, the deceivers. This was Gibeon's fight, the tricksters. Even though it wasn't their fight, they still won. Did you hear me? This fight was between the Gibeonites and the surrounding kings. Nevertheless, Joshua won. The one sentence sermon that I walked away with after reading this text was this, God is going to help you win battles. That aren't even yours to fight. Why? Because worshipers win. One of the greatest blessings one could ever have is God's presence. When God is with you, God will fight for you. When God is with you, even when we make a mistake, God will stand up on our behalf like the overprotective, loving God that he is and show up at recess before the bully gets his hands on you. But wait, y'all, it gets even better. I used to think that Joshua won this battle fair and square, but the Bible says in Joshua 10, 11, as they fled before Israel on the road down from Beth Horon to Azekah, the Lord hurled large hailstones down on them and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. All this time, you thought it was your weapon that helped you win. But the truth is, it was God's intervention. You thought it was your talent, your gift, your email, because listen, I may not be able to fight with my hands, but I can write a mean email. But all along, God won the battle for you without you. I think the message for every worshiper today is to take your hands off of it. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, for the battle is not yours, but the Lord's. God's hailstones are greater than your swords. God's weapons are greater than your words. Sometimes we need to just trust God to win the battle for us without us. God knows you were mistreated. God knows they undervalued your contribution. God didn't close his eyes when they deceived you, when they took advantage of you, when they took advantage of someone you love. But God wants to know, do you trust me to fight for you? Do you trust God to handle the situation? Do you really believe that his strength is made perfect in your weakness? Do you really believe that God is all powerful? Then if you believe it, take your hands off of it. God is fighting for you. God doesn't need your weapons to win, just submit to his process your conquest. Here is my final declaration for today and then I'm about to go run around this house and praise God. While God is winning for me, I will be worshiping him. While heaven is fighting for me, I will be worshiping him. And if you want to find me, just look for the one who is sitting in his house with worship using blasting in his ears, shouting hallelujah. If you want to find me, just look for the one who could just think on the goodness of Jesus in Walmart and everything that is in aisle three just might be cleared because I'm about to break out in praise. If you want to find me, just look for the one who got to church early and is prepared to leave late because God has done too much for me and I cannot tell it all. If you happen to need a praise partner, just call me, text me, or send me. Me a DM. Matter of fact, I might just pause this right now because I feel like somebody got to get a quick shout out real quick. Let's do it. No,
1: weapon for the kids, Michelle Prosper.
0: don't even need to know your business I just need to know your God and if your God is my God and my God is your God then this praise party is just a family reunion listen I want you to hear me clearly as I say these words God is in control this is your winning season worshiper and everything attached to you is going to win because worshipers win. Father, we thank you for giving us a word for this season. We thank you for being our champion. We thank you for sending hailstones and winning for us. We thank you, we will let you do what you do because you do it better than we do. In Jesus' name, amen. So your worship work today is to advocate for someone else the same way that joshua was able to advocate for the gibeonites i want you to do what you can to help someone else while god is fighting your battles for you and watch god win
1: i'll see y'all there. anybody know you free cry long enough i've been going through this thing long Jesus you're free to go but those that want to stay and dance you say and dance you can have the flow